Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker and Dr. Anja Corden has been nominated for a Game Changer Award. And we're so thankful to have Dr. Corden here with us today so we can shine the spotlight on all the amazing work that she's doing. Dr. Corden, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me and congratulations on your nomination. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for interviewing me. So for people that don't know who you are or what you do, Dr. Corden, if you could just give everyone a brief background about who you are and a little bit about the type of medicine you do. Yeah, so I am uh, originally from Germany. I studied in Germany in Munich and uh, came over to the United States in 2000. Um, I was already kind of holistically thinking, um, had to redo all the exams here to get certified in the United States. Um, passed that quickly and then uh, started really following what I wanted to do, <clears throat> more holistic work. Um, and actually in 2000, um, well, probably 2002, I worked at an exotic animal clinic um, mm -hmm. as a veterinarian. And um, I had a bus that um, had somebody in Switzerland um, that could uh, diagnose stuff from feathers, DNA from feathers. Wow. Um, you know, any DNA. So we just would send like some bird feathers to Switzerland, which was easy enough in an envelope. And the answers that I got was so, were so amazing for me with the, what the person found out that had this machine that I heard about that I said, well, I want that kind of a machine. Uh, <laughs> so basically it's a bioresonance machines. Um, and um, I did not end up buying this particular one, but I bought one that is, was available in the United States. And then in 2004, end of 2004, I had my own machine and started um, founding my own practice, Animal Health Oasis in Naples. And uh, over the years doing this, I realized the more we focus on the foundation, the better we can actually, meaning like, um, so I built a six stilt model and the more we can focus on getting the right water into this, this animal, same for our bodies, obviously, the right food and, and meaning with the right one, I have now with the help of this machine, the capability of testing everything that goes in and on the body that it doesn't do harm for this particular animal. And so that's what I really started doing. So I have so many questions. First of all, I think it's fantastic that the exotic animal practice you were at, probably I'm gonna assume it was not integrative or holistic, but still so compelled to get answers for their clients and patients that they were willing to do things like send feathers out of country to get those answers. That's a pretty open-minded practice with their clients and patients' best interest in mind. So kudos for 
that practice I was that was probably not a holistic exotic practice or was it more holistic um my boss was actually uh, from Switzerland um and he actually had been uh, treating the zoo animals that he'd been taking care of um for years with like homeopathics also so he was open to those kind of modalities and so that's how he knew about that stuff and it's so interesting you say that, Andrea, because that has been my experience. I did my internship at the Berlin Zoo and the head veterinarian at the Berlin Zoo used homeopathy and herbs on a daily basis for treating those animals. And it was just a part of his arsenal. He was totally conventionally trained and yet totally open to using whatever worked. He also started with the least toxic options. So it was very natural for him as a conventional doctor to include natural substances. When you came to the U.S., and I have found this, that from around the world, many veterinarians are totally open. They don't view it as alternative medicine and conventional medicine. It's just medicine. And many of our conventionally trained practitioners out of country, they, they embrace natural medicine or non-toxic medicine or, or holistic medicine, not with the segregation that our colleagues do in the U.S. When you first came to the U.S. being trained out of country, were you a little, I don't want to say shocked, but were you, was it made aware to you clearly that vets in the U.S. are not nearly as open-minded as, as your colleagues from home? Much more business driven. The veterinary business here is like really much more business driven. So um, they, yeah. I could see that very quickly that it was yeah. much more like had to have big income and how do you make the income versus uh, the focus is the patient on medicine. And, and even with your with your bioresonance machine. Um, I'm very familiar with that. And we're going to have you explain that to people that are listening or reading in a minute. But did you find that your colleagues here in the States had more questions or doubts or apprehensions about something that they didn't learn in veterinary school compared, compared to, your, to your colleagues from home that I have found that trying to explain some of these modalities that we didn't learn about in US vet schools can be difficult because once veterinarians graduate from a North American vet school, if it's almost as if they didn't learn it in vet school that there, it must be quasi-medicine or pseudoscience or not viable or have you run into other veterinarians that are confused about what you do now or have you found that you've been able to with a quick round of education have everyone feel comfortable no no yeah 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 so 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 tell me about tell I'm familiar with what your machine does but for people that aren't Mm -hmm. Can you explain how the machine actually works? Mm -hmm. So everything in this world has a frequency, whether that is a special stone. So people are maybe more familiar with crystals that, that we know where they have different um, vibrations that they give off. But also every bacteria has a very specific uh, frequency. Every uh, virus, everything has a frequency. We live in a sea of frequency and there's more and more coming out about this, whether it's on the movie Thrive, where they talk about stuff like this. Uh, Thrive Movement for years has worked on that, um, educating people <clears throat> that this empty space that we see as empty space is filled with frequencies. More familiar to people maybe now that electromagnetic frequencies are frequencies that are in the air, like for our cell phones, cell phone towers, which is of course not necessarily good for us. 
Um, but so when we have this frequency pattern, so everything that has a frequency, we can put it on the input of the machine. And then we send that frequency out the plate that is facing the patient. So that is like a tuning fork that sends the frequency to that patient, like in my case, animals, <clears throat> usually mostly dogs and cats wave on the carriers, works very, very well for them. Um, <clears throat> and so if you send that frequency to them and you see whether that frequency resonates with, with them or doesn't resonate with them. That means like I have like an echoing back and forth or I don't. And so I get a yes or a no answer. Other ways to doing it without a machine would be kinesiology. Maybe more people have heard about this muscle testing. <clears throat> so you could do it that way too. Um, for me, it's, uh, I can go through much more with a frequency machine. And then of course I can, other than testing for these frequencies, I can also send frequencies and also read frequencies from the animal that actually get sent back. So you can do a, a circle where they're hooked up with electrodes where you kind of filter out the bad frequencies when they come into the machine. So the machine has a filter in there and it can filter those out and can send only the good frequencies bad or invert the bad frequencies. I mean, we use that also for anesthesia. And I mean, I found that amazing when I was still doing anesthesia, I don't do this. Um, that's where it's nice when you do work closer with conventional veterinarians. Um, so when I did an anesthetic, I first would test the anesthetic mm -hmm. for that. And so I had different ideas for how I could put this animal under and I would test which one is good for this animal because I'm not totally sure. And then afterwards, I would right away take that frequent and that basically that vial that I injected <clears throat> and invert the frequency and the animal woke up like nothing happened. Yeah. Because you kind of yeah. help the body to eliminate that imp like imprinted frequency in the body. So there's lots of things you can do. I know I say a lot. <laughs> so. yeah, there, no, no, it's wonderful. And there are, you know, it's, it's, I think it's difficult for you to describe, you know, what, what it's, what can you do with energy as medicine? Well, you can do anything and everything with, you know, it just, it, you have an incredibly diversified spectrum when you're thinking about energetic medicine. Anja, you're, um, I'm sure clients obviously coming to you specifically for this uh, modality that you're offering. And what I have seen is that oftentimes, especially if they're going back to a conventional veterinarian, that for me, it has been seeing is believing. I'm not able to convince my colleagues to understand what I do or why I do it. And I, I've actually just quit trying to explain what I have, what I've come to the conclusion is that we have an animal and I am working my hardest to improve that animal's ability to heal and respond and restore. And the conventional vet is, and we can both work together, even though we have different vantage points and viewpoints and philosophies and ideas, and maybe we don't understand each other, but we can still work together to improve the health of the animal. By approaching a difference in medicine that way, oftentimes conventional vets are able to see a healing response that they have not seen before because they haven't been introduced to this type of medicine before. Have you found your conventional colleagues uh, oftentimes begin referring to you or establish a partnership after you've had one experience? Do you have some vets in your area that are beginning to refer their complicated case cases, the cases that they can't find answers to? Do you have a working relationship with some veterinarians who've been able to see the benefits of what you're doing? Not much, actually. I have uh, yeah. with the, with the um, um, specialist, the dent dentist. I mean, I refer cases to him. <clears throat> um, 
And uh, the feedback that I get back from them is like your animals that you send, I mean, the ones that really need to go under anesthesia and need extensive uh, dental work and x-rays. And I, so he says like these animals are so healthy and they go under anesthesia and they come out of it so quickly. I mean, yeah. his whole staff commented on that to me when I was yeah. there once bringing my own cat there. So, but but he's not referring animals back to you. Well, or, because he's a specialist. I mean, how yeah, can he? You know, yeah, like, yeah. He gets like, like referrals. So he, I mean, I got one referral from him once because that uh, uh, client said she wants to look for a holistic. And so, but uh, I understand as a specialist, they don't have these sure. options that much. Yeah. Sure, sure. So really you are working kind of in your own sphere, uh, doing what you do, which is wonderful and, uh, working specifically with the animal and their owners. And would you say, Anja, that people are coming to you for wellness maintenance, or is it primarily because their animals aren't well and they need help? Or do you do a combination of both? I get still too many people that like only hear about it because they, uh, have too many problems like so cancer cases or of course chronic indigestion um skin issues all these chronic things which of course clear up i mean not not cancer but but the other ones are a piece of cake for us usually when if if i can which i mostly can and uh, we're refining our our policies our education so i just finished like six podcasts or actually eight podcasts that I've put on the webpage <clears throat> as like that model of the house on pillars. So people can look what I say about the pillar of water, the pillar of food. To, and I really yeah. gave all the information I have to, to get more people to know this and they can Good. look at that for free and listen to that for free. So really refining that more to prevent more of that drama, because I yeah. mean, even if they've heard, heard it once, I mean, I have right now a young uh, client that, um, used to live here in Naples and now she lives in Canada and she got herself a great Dane. Um, I mean, she had a, um, a, um, nah, um, not a mini pincher, the, the giant ones, whatever. Dober, a Doberman. <laughs> Doberman. Doberman, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, your favorite breed, right? Or from back when, at least. And um, so that one uh, had a like earlier death than it should have had. And uh, she uh, actually did move to Canada and heal her wounds and everything. And now she has a great Dane. And uh, she... Uh, contacted me in January but then she didn't really follow up to do the appointment and now I saw she was giving the dog um, toxic flea and tick medication and I said well, what is it why are you doing this so you still get people fall back because it's like because it gets indoctrinated and the fear model always works because you know up there they have a lot of ticks and so they've they've feared her into this toxic stuff sure. and now the dog is in, sure. in, in a lot of trouble only being not even a year old yeah and uh, yeah. so I mean is it that and some other things yeah but uh, there is still like a lot of like what can we prevent from and i mean that's why you do your work to get prevent more i always tell people go watch yeah. watch dr becker listen to her stuff yeah. <laughs> so. well and of course we're we're trying but <laughs> because we really are in a in, in north america we're, we're in a disease model we're in a reactive medicine model where people are just with their own health care and their own human health well-being it's you know you see the doctor when you're not well but no one ever really teaches us how to stay well be well how to prevent the body from breaking. And that's one of the things I think where 
frequency and using energy, especially these subtle shifts in, in our, in our vibration are really clues early on before there's any type of structural disease, there's going to be biochemical imbalances that can be detected with super sensitive machines. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people that maybe have never heard of this would be listening and thinking, oh my gosh, what a bunch of malarkey. But do you know what's interesting, Anja? I, when I was, when I was filming the dog cancer series, I interviewed probably like one of the top oncologists in the world in, in California. And when I was at his facility, he said to me, I'm going to show you something, but I need you to not mention my name uh, associated with this. And I said, yeah, no problem. And he said, I'm going to put it, I have a patient here that is, has had a toxic reaction to the chemotherapy. And I've learned about a treatment where we can put the the imprint, the vibration of the, of the chemotherapeutic and an MP3 player. And we're going a loop around the tumor and we're going to play the frequency. We're going to play a vibrational frequency of the chemotherapeutic, not using an ounce of the actual drug. We're going to play the frequency to the tumor. And he said, I have better success using this in many cases than actually injecting the chemotherapeutic. He said, obviously I'm not gonna talk about that and you can't talk about that. But it did make me wonder how many very well-credentialed, well-trained, highly intelligent people recognize that energy is a, I mean, quantum physics is a huge component of medicine that we haven't tapped into. I have a feeling there could be more doctors investigating this and potentially utilizing it at some point without saying a word because it's not, it's viewed as woo woo or strange or something that no one knows about. But I'm suspicious that maybe more doctors are aware of the energetic resonance component than maybe they want to speak about. Have you had other doctors reach out to you or ask inquisitively ask, you know, to learn more? Because just as you heard about this type of medicine, it resonated with you and you've gone on to make it your career. Mm-hmm. When people hear about this, I think a lot of people are inspired to want to learn more. Have you had people reach out to you, other doctors and, and be interested in, in what you're doing? Yeah, people that uh, did learn about it, usually they're already uh, members of the holistic organization and then they contact and, and say like, you have one, so how does it work for you? How do you use it? So, so, so the ones that are not conventionally only minded ones, but the ones that want to switch to a different modality, yes, they ask. Yeah. And yeah. Quite often they end up buying one of those machines. Yes. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I really, I, I think the more we can just have healthy open conversations about uh, energy medicine. I think the more normal it will be if we just talk about it more and discuss it more, the more people will recognize that energy is what drives our electrical system, our central nervous system. It's what fires our cells. Energy is a huge, it's the foundation of why we're all alive and moving. And yet we tend to forget about addressing energy. And really your primary modality in your practice is about addressing energy imbalances. And that's a, that's maybe a, a, a different way of saying energy medicine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you wake up, at, when you wake up in the morning, Anja, what's your, what's your favorite, what's your, what do you love most about this very unique form of healing? that I truly feel I can help 
the animal mm-hmm. from from the basics and prevent yeah. stuff from happening when, when and and i mean it's easy when people ask me about themselves and the animals it's so easy when i can can um, convince the owner to start feeding the correct food mm-hmm. the animal is not the hindrance <laughs> when you do this with people they will still go and cheat all the time but the animal only cheats if the owner cheats so it's not like an emotional addiction that the animal suffers from because we give them so many healthy options and then when you put the right fuel into this body then this body will work right and the right fuel is really electricity it's it's electrons and that's basically what you do with frequency medicine. Like, I mean, there's like uh, movies about people don't need to eat. You can live on, on just frequencies if you know, if you figure out how to tap into this. So this is not unknown. So it's, you know, and I'm not saying we're going to not feed these animals. <laughs> so, right, but, right. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, we feed them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it's but like it electrically charged food, like lots of green food. I'm right now actually rethinking the model of how we feed the animals because I just was made, made aware of um, something where a panther and a tiger were very sick. The tiger had colon cancer and um, all he was getting was broccoli and healed from colon cancer. I'm still not wow. sure it was even raw broccoli. I even found yeah. out what was raw broccoli. And I'm like, how did you feed the tiger raw broccoli? Yeah. Or how did you get it down? Exactly. <laughs> well, that's how what I mean. <laughs> exactly. But they must be gavage feeding or something. <laughs> Stomach to nasogastric. I, I'm to being yeah. told they love it and literally raw, but because that's electrically charged, anything yeah. green is electrically charged if it's, you know, yeah. grown organically. I mean, the better the, like that. Yeah. So anyway, interesting stuff. And, and, and knowing that, that our like that the studies you've probably talked about it in one of your talks about um, wild dogs studies where they find find out that they um, basically ate poop from from people all these years. Of course, yeah, and, exactly. and I mean that means really that they probably ate way much more vegetable matter, like in poop form. In this case, I'm not saying people should feed their own poop to the animal, but that was what originally probably made the wolves come to the villages and do all these things. Right. We just forget those things. Yeah, and yeah. so we probably have to do a more vegetarian model. And I don't know where you're at because I think I, I do raw food feeding, but I think the the meat part that we are feeding is way too high. Well, and certainly way too toxic. Our meat supply is toxic for everything that consumes it because it's conventionally farmed. That's a that's a whole nother podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but actually that that plays into the energy conversation. So, you know, when when there is when animals are treated poorly and nourished poorly and under constant stress and in miserable environments, that creates a frequency. I mean, there there's there that is that resonates at a level that is not helpful or restorative for anything or anyone and just something to think about. So Andre, if people, if, if people hear this conversation and think, oh my gosh, this is fascinating. I'd like to learn more. Where would people go to be able to learn more about what you do? Uh, the webpage animalhealthoasis.com will give you a nice introductory to uh, what I do. So, and yeah. like I said, you can go really under media and uh, house on pillars. That's the model that I work on. And that's where they can listen to a lot of the podcasts already and see whether that uh, sounds like something they're interested in and they can give us a call. It's on the webpage or they can contact us through the webpage. Yeah. So that's yeah. wonderful. Beautiful. And if there's one thing, Dr. Corden, you would want the whole world to know, what would it be? 
when we focus more on the prevention and testing everything that goes in the animal and, and, and not to our own bodies and um, really reconnect with nature. That's, that's my biggest thing. I have a big education in permaculture. Um, mm -hmm. And when I studied more permaculture and I did that as an assistant for one of the most famous permaculture gurus in Europe, and I was uh, simultaneously translating for him. I actually, um, every time I translated stuff that he said, I said, it's just like in the body. Like yeah. it's whether it's the earth or whether it's this earth, because it's kind of like the same thing. This body is the earth. <laughs> um, yeah. then Ter terrain is terrain. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if we reconnect with nature and, and stop being the enemy of even our mother earth and stop, especially the pesticides, I mean, we have a, an overabundance of pesticides, herbicides uh, here in Southwest Florida with lots of golf courses. Uh, mm -hmm. That's like the pretty much everybody that comes here is like, that's, that's unbearable what you have here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's bad all over, but I think it's extensionally worse. So, so basically we need to rethink what we're doing to our bodies, but also to the earth. It's the same thing. So if we, yeah. we can yeah. do this, then we can help this all. And yeah. Frequency Why, is part of it. <laughs> wise, wise, wise words, very wise words. And what's wonderful, Dr. Corden, is you have um, bioresonance, you have frequency testing to be able to actually identify those specifics. And then most importantly, um, you have the tools to be able to make sure that it's resonating, that the detox and the treatment is resonating well with your patient. And that's something that is, I think, one step beyond uh, medicine right now is customized medicine to the terrain of our patients. And that's exactly what your machine provides. So we appreciate the fact that you are a strong enough human and woman to be able to forge your own path, to be able to provide these tools and resources for clients and patients that need and want them. And for role modeling for your colleagues, uh, that there's a different way, that there's an adjunctive way, that there's energy that we can be addressing to facilitate change and healing in our bodies and in our patients' bodies. And I appreciate you for just doing it. I really do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. Thank you. <laughs>